Hello and welcome to episode two of Terriers Together Talks, our new series at Huddersfield Town that looks into communities and issues within the equality, diversity and inclusion space that will benefit from the platform that we can give them through club channels. This includes work that we do as a club with the foundation, internally and externally. In episode one of our Terriers Together Talks, we looked at our brand new Terriers Together inclusion room based at the John Smith Stadium, with that episode still available via HTTV on YouTube and the accompanying article on HTAFC.com. This week, the week commencing 9th of May 2022, is Mental Health Awareness Week. So in this podcast exclusive, we'll be looking at all the ways the club deal with the mental health sphere both with our own staff, supporters and the foundation. My name is Raj Baines and I'm the content manager at the club and I'm going to let the rest of the panel introduce themselves before we get into our discussion. Um, I'm Zoe Shackleton, I'm Human Resources Manager for Huddersfield Town Football Club and I'm also the Equality Lead. So um, I coordinate the work that the club is doing on the Premier League Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Standard. I'm Anne Huff, the Operations Director of the Football Club. I also wear uh, the board lead on safeguarding and the board lead on equality. So I work very closely with uh, with Zoe in relation to all our work that we do uh, to with regards to equality, diversity, inclusion at the club. And, uh, I'm Martin Fawcett, uh, a participant at the uh, Huddersfield Town Foundation Mental Health uh, Football Group. Uh, and I've been going there for past four years, approximately, since it started. Excellent. Um, thank you to all of you for um, for taking your time to, to speak with us today on this episode of Terriers Together Talks. Zoe, if we, we start with yourself, because your position puts you right in the middle of what the club does in, in that sort of an area, and you, you help lead and, and organise a lot of these things. Uh, with the Mental Health Awareness Week being such a... a, a you know, national thing, a global thing, something that so many organisations get involved with. How important do you feel that it's, it's, we take this opportunity as a club to shine some light on the work we do that, that perhaps isn't as aware, people are as aware of as, as they might be otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you're right. It's important when we've got these kind of naturally occurring um, national and international dates of celebrating or, or aware that we take opportunity to um join in with with those things but I would all add that something like mental health it's, it doesn't just occur one week out of a year we, we all have mental health good bad or somewhere in the middle and it, it's a continuum so behind the scenes when it's not mental health awareness week it's really really important that we are always doing some work in that space um with our staff because mental illness could actually strike at any point and that that could be a significant life event such as a a bereavement or you know a loss of a job or some something equally significant or or it could be a progressive thing where maybe somebody's been under pressure at home or or in their job uh, and there's a kind of gradual decline um so nice as it is that we've got these national and international weeks where it puts a focus on it behind the scenes it's really really important that you know it's not just that week it's it's all the time so we've got to have really good policies and procedures in place um you know we've got to have trained people 
who can maybe recognise the signs and symptoms of mental illness in their, in their colleagues mm -hmm. and be in a position to offer that kind of early help and intervention to prevent somebody becoming really ill, if that's even possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, mental health and mental well-being absolutely aligns with everything that we stand for in terms of valuing our staff, valuing our supporters, wanting to make a difference to people's well-being and, and you know, kind of quality of life. Um, also really aligns with, as I've kind of already indicated, the Premier League Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Standard, where we are absolutely required to have a kind of mental health and wellbeing strategy, um, which, you know, aside of that framework, we would have that anyway, because it's part of what we, we hold dear and, you know, how we want to look after the people who were around us. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point, especially in the, the field of football, because mental health has been such a, a, a taboo area and, and, you know, gladly that's now, you know, been really combated and, and that's going away. And for, for somebody in your position who's been at the club for a number of years and has been at a, you know, a high level at the club for a number of years, how pleasing is it for you both personally, personally and professionally to see the, the progress that's been made in that field, both in the club and, and outside it, and the, the progressive work that we do as a club to, to try and help in as, as many ways as we can in the, the mental health sphere? Oh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've worked for the club nearly 30 years and the changes that come on board here at Huddersfield Town and, and I'm sure many other organisations where it's not just, you know, it's females, it, it, it's, you know, it's everything really. So the work we do behind the scenes and it goes from the board downwards. So everybody's involved uh, and, uh, you know, we do, we do an awful lot more now than we ever have done. And the people who we work with uh they actually know our values they actually know the policy the strategies the policies the procedures uh we talk uh we have uh, you know daily discussions uh, and weekly meetings uh you know at the high end so so we can ensure that uh, you know the well-being of staff and again supporters and, and we work very close with the foundation so we're actually working as one so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's an awful lot of work gone into it, uh, and, and that's certainly from the top downwards, and everybody's involved. It's part of our daily, daily workload, really, so we do take it as, um, as a norm, uh, you know, to look out for the staff and to ensure that everybody, you know, is okay, because it only takes a small thing to, uh, to knock people out of line, and that could cause major issues for that person or for, for us. Or yeah. for anybody, you know, past participants or, or members of the foundation. Yeah, of course, it's it's an it's an interesting position for us to be in, and quite a unique one. As a you know, people think of it as, as purely a sporting institute, but you know, whether or not this is something that's unique to Huddersfield or something that we're more um, intent on is is being part of the community and the work we do with the, the foundation, especially, is is you know really aligned with that. Does it make you you pleased that the 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 foundation has become quite a focal point for for putting things on? And we'll come on to, to Martin in a moment around this. But is it pleasing for you to see that the foundation, having gone from something that was you know a, a charity entity previously with you know focused on children, to having expanded its horizons and, and is now dealing with with these sorts of issues as well? 
Absolutely. I mean, I've been a trustee uh, for the foundation since 2012 when it was launched and uh, for it to have grown as it has, it is great. I mean, you know, we're able to help many, many more people uh, throughout the, con uh, the community and also get an understanding of what's needed. I mean, football, you know, we're here we're here you know 24 7 virtually um to and it's not just a 90 minute game that we'll you know we're working around so you know we'll try and do as much as we can uh within the community to to, to bring the supporters together um and you know make her make her clear uh, and Huddersfield a, a better place to live and you know if we can do anything whether that be a footballer attending an event or you know doing something in the community we'll settle into all we can to help. Yeah we're really lucky to be um, joined by uh, Martin who, who takes part in, in some of the foundation activities. Before we get on to that Martin do you want to just give us a bit of a background on your journey with mental health if you could? Yeah um, so I'd been suffering with uh, depression uh, for quite a few years prior to sort of 2017. And then um, sort of around Christmas 2017, uh, sort of things deteriorated and um, well, I came, came down with psychosis uh, and I was hospitalised for about five weeks. Um, quite, quite poorly. Um, so I'm told. Um, there's not, there's sort of vague memories for the first few weeks until you sort of start coming back around again. Um, but then after that, yeah, it's like um, you you're having to rebuild everything from scratch. Uh, certainly for me, it was you know I had to to move homes, move areas, uh, try keep a hold of a, a job that I had at the time. Um, Try to get housing sorted, and uh, I've got children, so sort of trying to get all that back up and running, ready for the for my children to return and stuff. So, what four years later now, um, things are a hell of a lot better, and my sort of outlook isn't as um, uh, as negative. Um, I think that that's where I came stuck uh, before my psychosis and, and the depression is that negative negative thoughts negative feelings you know you're negative about society um deluded um or disillusioned with society um so now being able to do such things as the football um on a weekly basis um so it helps keep you in the here and now uh keeps you focused it certainly helped me certainly at the beginning um because it wasn't long after um, I came out of hospital that the uh, football started with the town foundation. Um, and along with a couple of other things, what we were doing with um, sort of creative writing and poetry and stuff, uh, it certainly helped me to get out there and socialise and being just just having an option to, yeah. to speak to other people or be around people that have been in the, the same boat as me has been a great help here. How many people are involved with the, the, the foundation football sessions that they run on a weekly basis? Uh, it can vary. Um, most weeks, you've got at least 10 uh, people. Um, so you can, you know, at the end of the training session, we get a little five-a-side in. Um, but it, it can go up to as many as sort of between 20 and 30. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's people that come and go, drop in when they want, um, you know, when they feel up to it and stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's how... quite well attended. And... That's good. I was going to ask, sorry, how has that helped? Is it, does, it, does it give you a sense of, of community and, and knowing that there are other people who have had similar issues and, and it's not just a, an isolated case with yourself? You know, the thing with, with mental health is that, that people often, the, the taboo side of it, people look at it as something that there are only strikes in, in certain areas not, and it's, it's almost separate to, to other illnesses that would affect anything else, a, a broken leg or a cough or a cold. It's something that, that comes with, with no you know, discrimination whatsoever. It can affect anyone yeah. regardless of who they are or their background. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's good for um, sort of, like I say, socialising and you get to meet people that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, and certainly uh, with myself, there's probably about three or four lads that uh, I'm particularly friendly with and we, we'll have quite, after, after uh, training, we'll have quite frank discussions about each other's life, you know, we'll, we'll linger around in car park for 10, 15 minutes having a, having a chat. Um, so it's good in that respect, yeah. Um, and in terms of other people that come, um, they come with all sorts of abilities. Um, so they're all, they're all catered for, uh, you know, they're not there and being forced to talk as such. It's, I see it as more of a, it's a, an opportunity just to come down, play football, get a bit of training in and uh, give yourself an opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, speak to someone if you wanted to and yeah. make friends. It's, it's the opportunity um, that it gives. I think it's the best thing about it. Um, the, the the other things that we've done, there's like we have an ability accounts league Okay. Um, that hasn't resumed since uh, the lockdowns have finished, uh, but prior to that, we we had that. So we got to go out and play in uh, league games against other teams with similar uh, abilities. Um, we've had other tournaments. We've travelled down to Watford uh, as part of a team in the minibus. Um, oh, that sounds good. Played, yeah, and played played against some teams there. Went to watch. Um, Huddersfield Watford game afterwards. Uh, been to Liverpool. Uh, I think there's been uh, games in Barnsley as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's like loads of different things, little extras. Um, you know, tickets for the matches and stuff, and going to watch the games with the guys that you play football with. Um, yeah. That's really good to hear. Is it? Is it something now that obviously you've been involved with for a few years? If there was somebody who found themselves now in a, in a position that you were in in, in 2017, 2018, when you, you first got involved, is it? Is it something you would suggest to them as, as an area that they could go to to try and rebuild their confidence and be around you know people who have, have experienced similar things and you know just get involved with with football and being back out there in a sense of community again? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's. It's you don't even have to be. How do you put it? Without sounding, you don't even have to be particularly good at football. The uh, you know the you're catered for. And there's, there's training, and it's you know it's not too um, too hard. Um, so it's suitable for everyone. Uh, I have recommended it to other people. Um, 
not that they've took the offer up. We've just seen posts uh, looking um, for sort of mental health support, but not, you know, not sort of the talking therapy. They didn't want to do the usual sort of route. So I've suggested that. Uh, I've reached out to friends that have been uh, having mental health problems as well, um, telling them about it um, and offering to pick them up and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something I'd recommend. That's great to hear. And to, to hear that type of, of testimony and the, the fact that there are real-world examples, not just Martins, of, of the club actually making a difference in, in our community and, and being able to help in, in a tangible way. Is that something that gives you pride in a, you know, in almost a, a larger sense than, you know, we're doing really well on the field, but there's so much more to Huddersfield Town than, than what that is. Yeah, there is certainly so much more. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's really interesting to hear Martin's uh, thoughts on it. And I mean, you know, there's so many people who have issues that we're not aware of at all. And for something like football to bring people together. So Martin, you know, he, he likes the fact that it can come together and it's not just about the football, it's talking to the other people involved. If we can bring people together like that, that's what it's all about and that's where it helps and uh, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased to be to be a part of that we can do that as a football club uh, and we have the you know we have the um, uh, I can't say the availability we have the the options available through the foundation to actually to 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 bring out people who need that bit of support because you know we don't know and and if it helps uh, you know, if it helps out, you know, just that one additional person uh, to feel better in themselves and get that bit more confidence. And, and that doesn't really, you know, it's just not the walking football, but we do, you know, a whole range of activities with the foundation as well. Uh, and to bring those people together to watch football on a match day and to make it a social event as well, not just to be trained and to talking about, you know, in, in the, in the walk in football, but no, to bring it all together, that does, it, you know, it does, it does, it is very pleasing. Yeah. Can I, can I just say, um, I, I think it just in general, I think it's great that, you know, you, we have the likes of Andy's man club, uh, and then you, you've got like the other usual services that you get from the mental health services. And I, I just think it's great to have another option. Um, and I think I think going back a bit on what um, I think maybe Anne was saying is that if if you can sort of get it right at sort of my level, uh, sort of the entry uh, into getting support, then I think you can learn a lot from that sort of level, trying to um, sort of take those standards higher up into the, the club or in, into the... Um, community as well um, yeah that's really interesting to hear and, and something that I wanted to, to pick up on the, on the back of that Martin was with, with Zoe um, the, the, obviously the community side of what we do as a club is really important but one of the other areas that, that people don't often see or recognise is how many of us actually help the club run and all of us behind the scenes and there are a lot of um, mental health areas and, and wellness areas um, that have been put in place to ensure that our, our quite a large staff um, I looked after on that front as well because it is a, a fast-paced environment, a, a stressful environment at sometimes, you know, good stress <laughs> and bad stress. Um, <laughs> um, but um, 
how how are the how are the club doing that in a in a HR capacity in a in a wellness capacity to, to look after um, everyone? Because I know we've got a, a mindful employer status and we've got uh, mental health first aiders. Could you just shed some light on what those terms actually mean in a, in a practical sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, picking up on what Martin and Anne have already said, um, mental health is is something that for me there's not a kind of one size fits all in terms of um support or, or even treatment that somebody might need so you know the, the mental health um provisions that we have in this country through the nhs they're fantastic however i think we, we would all recognize that getting access to those services can be really difficult sometimes um, with waiting lists and, and things like that that's not a, a criticism at all I think that is just a, a reflection of you know there's a lot of people who need help and, and getting that kind of early intervention is quite key so for us to be a mindful employer um, is, is kind of a statement of intent if you like that actually we really take mental health and well-being seriously so we want to promote that to anybody who might be you know, looking to engage with us in any way, uh, whether as a, a, a potential employee, you know, if you're applying for a job um, or, or as a, a participant with the foundation. Um, for me, being a mindful employer should absolutely say to that kind of wider audience or community, this is a good environment to be in because actually they really care. Um, and having a team of trained mental health first aiders um, again, it allows us to look out for the signs and symptoms in our colleagues predominantly, but it could be participants as well, of any changes in behaviour or mood or appearance or anything that might be slightly out of the ordinary for, for those people who you work alongside every day and to have a conversation um, you know, not everybody will want to talk to, to me in my role as HR manager. So that's important that we've got colleagues throughout the business who could just be that person who maybe even saves somebody's life. Um, so when, when we went through the training last October, it, it was just so insightful. I mean, I've, I've got kind of first-hand experience mm. of, of a friend who um, took her own life. And I think had I had the mental health first aid training then, I might have been in a, a much better place to help her and, and potentially save her. So we are talking life-changing strategies. Um, so that's really important. You know, we, we don't want anybody to feel so desperate that the only way out is you know, to consider taking their own life. So that investment is training in training is really, really important. I mean, we, we've got lots of other things in place. So, for example, um, all of our staff went through um, menopause awareness training um, when it was World Menopause Day last October. And, you know, I think it's important to recognise that, you know, women who are going through the menopause, their mental health might be affected by those kind of hormonal, hormonal changes and, you know, just kind of coming to terms with that stage of their life. So there, there is always something that we can be looking at and, and being kind of ahead of the, the curve, if you like, in terms of um, supporting other people. With regards to the menopausal training as well, that wasn't just for the females, that was for the males as well, so they can understand the situation as much as uh, as the females can, who haven't got to that situation of that age as yet. So, yeah, of course. you know, we include, 
we're, we're including everybody within that and with regards to the um to the uh, mental health first aid training we uh, that's gone straight across you know the club so we've got a wide range of uh, uh, of colleagues who have actually undertaken that training uh again so we can pick up on different areas within the club and i think you know just on that so you know there are other other weeks or days it's not just the awareness weeks so in february for example it's um national time to talk day we will take those opportunities to kind of naturally remind people by the way do you know we've got this this team of mental health first aiders this this is who they are reshare or recirculate if you like the mental health and emotional well-being strategy because I think we've got a responsibility to be proactive. Mm. We can't just sit here and wait for somebody to come and say, I need help. Um, not everybody is going to do that. Um, so signpost in, in, a, in a very proactive way to external services, whether that's websites or podcasts or doing something like this, um, might just be the difference between somebody being able to access help or not, because not everybody is going to come forward and say, I need help but they might click on a link and read an article that then prompts them to do something else um, and every week that is something that uh, Zoe kind of does we send staff circulars out every week with with various you know places targets to to go to if it, just to allow people that you know if they need that bit of uh, uh, additional support well hey if you don't want to talk to anybody at the club there's all these different you know places where uh, help and su additional support can be found sort of from my experience not everybody does necessarily want to talk um, and i do encourage that i'd encourage it because that's sort of the, the best thing to to be doing uh, but not everybody's sort of ready to straight away so i think it's having those opportunities in place where someone can feel like that they can talk if they want to. There's the opportunity there, and having it um, sort of sort more readily available and in sort of not in your face, but apparent where to go. Um, I, I think that's just as important as much as I encourage people to talk. That that is the main the main thing. That's how sort of I I've dealt with things, but um, I wouldn't have been able to do that without having. The opportunities to be able to do that. Um, so and yeah, football, I'll just say that. Football's a great thing to, to bring people together, isn't it, Martin? So yeah. you might not have wanted to go somewhere where you can just talk to people, like you said before, but bringing yeah. the football aspect into it, a bit of a social, and then getting talking to your colleagues who you play with. Yeah, I'm it, sure it's just yeah. Great. With the football, it's about obviously there's the camaraderie uh, in in being part of the team, um, but also sometimes you might just be. I've been to the sessions where I've been feeling rubbish and haven't really said much, but you can join in with the the crack, so to speak. The, you know, there's these bits of banter and there's, there's always somewhere you know someone might get hit in the face with a ball or something, or you know, it, it's it's just. I don't know, Australia's little thing, you know, um, someone gets nutmegged or, you know, it's just little things like that that sort of give you a little smile, have a little giggle about it and so you can get on with your day a bit better than even if you don't talk or you keep yeah. yourself to yourself. It's just the opportunity to 
just let let loose a little bit and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. One thing that I wanted to to um, ask you about, Anne, was um, on the back of Zoe saying about investment we've made and things is is none of these things would have been possible without board support and and from the, the you know the hierarchy at Huddersfield Town. Speaking from your position there, what is the thinking behind that for for you guys on the board? Because it, it might not be a other clubs or other places. We can't speak for those, but it might not be a priority financially to, to invest in these sort of things or, or be seen as a, a necessity where, you know, after two years of, of, of not having fans in the ground and so, things like that, it's, it's seen as something where, you know, the, the funds for that aren't, aren't supposed to be as, as available or, or aren't just as available. Why is it that, that yourselves and your colleagues on the board are so supportive of, of these things that, that we want to do both on a, a foundation side, but with our own employees, when Zoe comes and asks for, you know, funds to do the next level of training that we're doing, why is it that that's okay? Because, you know, from a board perspective, we believe that the investment in our own staff is as uh, as important as the investment, you know, with the players and on the field of play. Uh, you have to have the right staffing and the right frame of mind to to bring it all together, and you know the football club isn't just eleven players on a football pitch. It's there's a, a, a huge amount of work that goes on behind the scenes by some really dedicated staff, and you know to invest in those staff, they'll you know they'll feel that they want to to work for us, and they'll feel uh, happy to work for us and confident to work for us, and you know we'll feel that we're a good employer, and that's what we want to be seen as. We want to do all we can to help the staff. We, we know what staff have gone through in the pandemic and it's been terrible but to have come out of the other end and now got supporters in the ground it feels that there's a bit of normality coming back but you know the the cost for um investing in the staff is, is as critical as the investment on the pitch it's interesting to, to hear that because obviously the the theme for this year's mental health awareness week is loneliness and, and do you think that the, the past two years that we've been through is, is obviously a reason behind that? Is that one of the, the catalysts for, for wanting to continue that work and, and, and improve on that work is that we've, we've seen the difference that, that being together and community can, can make and uh, the marginal gains that we can have by you know, investing in those areas and making sure that people are not just you know, in the best place physically to come to work, but mentally too and, and feel supported in both areas. Um, is just the best for not only the club but those people as individuals. Obviously, people have gone through a heck of a time with the pandemic and, and into that kind of forced isolation in a lot of cases. So, I, I actually think there are potentially more people experiencing mental ill health now because of that really, really difficult set of circumstances. Um, but can they access that help and support that they might need? I'm not sure. So going back to what I said earlier, that board investment in resources, training, occupational health support, counselling, that's really important because if somebody's got to wait any period of time, they might be in a really critical position where actually they can't wait. So that early intervention, and we said it already, that's really important. But being able to come back into the office environment Again, being honest, not everybody necessarily wanted to do that. And, and I think we've still got some people who maybe do a bit of a, a hybrid working type arrangement. That's all OK. You know, we've got to recognise that the world is now a very different place. Mm. 
So having that kind of flexibility to enable people to manage their own needs, um, you know, if, if they're not feeling like they want to be in company and they can legitimately work from home, that's fine. Um, so us being able to respond in a way that we, we might not have thought about before um, has been really crucial, I think, to keeping people engaged and more fundamentally keeping them well. Um, you know, that, that's what this is about. People need to be well so that they can be their best yeah. self um, and really bring to the table everything that they're able to bring. Um, so it's a constant dialogue, I think, of understanding what do people need. But we've got to have that kind of culture where it's okay to talk. So people have got to talk and ensure that that is okay. I mean, during the pandemic, you know, it, for, for the club and the foundation, I mean, the foundation staff, uh, one of the members of the staff did a quiz, a weekly quiz, yeah. and, and it brings everybody together. Uh, you know, each of the directors and senior management team have, uh, you know, a group of uh, uh, of colleagues who, who are kind of responsible for. So every week we would ensure that whether everybody was working at home or some people were in the office, would make contact with them to ensure that they were okay. Not just about, you know, what's on your desk, what work you've got to do, but are you okay with where you are? Because you know, everybody deals with, uh, has dealt with the, the pandemic in such a different way that we you know and it's just picking up a phone for quite a lot of the time during the pandemic and just checking on people whether they're okay or not it's about caring isn't it it's about showing that you don't just care about somebody because of what they bring in their job that we care about them as a person Mm. and and that's that's more important really yeah that's all really interesting to hear before we wrap things up is there there anything else that anybody you'd like to, to touch on at all I think just one thing for me, and it isn't really just about the uh, the mental health, but uh, one of the things that we, I mean, we don't really shout about it, that we've got a club chaplain. So uh, you know, that's a volunteer position. And uh, Dudley, who's uh, our Dudley Martin, Dudley Martin, who's our chaplain, has been with us for a, you know a good number of years now, and he's you know he's. He's on email. He comes down to the club to check on staff during the course of the week on a Thursday. So if people want to have a, a quick chat with him on a one-to-one basis, they can do. But his phone's always on. And that's not just for uh, you know members of the staff, but supporters also. So if people did feel as though you know they did need just a little bit of support, they were feeling a bit down or whatever, you know, Dudley is there on email at any time. And, you know, whether that's through support services or, or direct line to, you know, Dudley's email, he would be very happy to, uh, you know, to speak to anybody uh, and give that bit of support if there's nobody else at the club or anywhere else, you know, behind the scenes, family, etc., that could offer that help. Yeah, he was he was with us with uh, Pedal Pounds the other day as well. He's he's always around. Yes, um, it was really nice to, to speak to all of you. When we put this piece out for anybody listening, we'll we'll list all of the um, the local um, charities and, and organisations that are there to help if, if you should need them. Any of the resources that you might want are, are linked to the the foundation too. So if you, you want to join Martin at the the mental health football, then you're more than welcome to as well. Um, but again, just thank you all for your time and, and, and honesty and, and opinions. And um, we'll join you for another episode of Terriers Together Talks at some point in the future.